it's the confusion of untalented people. Yeah. That's yeah. horrifying. Yeah, so, it know, is. Nobody knew what they like, were doing. That sounds like in architecture, that's when buildings collapse or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like a prescription for disaster. <laughs> Motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef. <laughs> Welcome to One Fucking Hour, everybody. I am Evan Husney, and uh, of course, joined uh, to my left by uh, Tom Fitzgerald. Hello, hello. And uh, to my right, uh, Marcus Herring. Hey there. (laughs) All right, and this fucking hour, we are talking about maybe perhaps one of the most misguided horror films of all time. Uh, That is the 1998 remake of Alfred Hitchcock's classic Psycho, directed by Gus Van Zandt, and... Let's start the clock, shall we? Yes. Okay, here we Gus. go. Boom. And uh, Tom, to kick it off, I'm going to throw it to you. So tell us, when did you first see the movie? Um, and what did you know going into it? And then what was your impression seeing it for the first time? And when was that? Yeah, right. Uh, well, okay, so it's from 1998. And uh, I... You know, I, I glancingly um, was aware of it, like most people, and I just went, well, I'm not going to even see that for fun. So I forgot about it completely. It's the pandemic. It's, I think, last year or maybe early this year, and I'm stuck at home, and I'm flipping, um, you know, the streaming channels, and I think it was on, like, Pluto, uh, that's channel, and I just thought, oh, God, apropos. let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> what? That's apropos. Yeah, yeah it's very fucking Pluto. Pluto. Yeah, apropos, Pluto, apropos. So I just went like, all right, let's do it. Sure, fine, let's go. And so I strapped on. I started, you know, from the top because it was already playing. And uh, I knew nothing. I had no opinion. I just was making the assumption it sucks. And it's always mainly been the casting of Vince Vaughn that did that. So I see it. Um, and uh, it met my expectations. I was There was no pleasant surprises. Um, but I didn't feel... My emotions are mixed on the film, just very briefly, as you're asking me, you know, like the first time I saw it, my, my first experience was, I'm not mad at it, I don't hate it, I don't want to be cruel to it. It's just kind of, uh, it's not even an interesting curio either, it's just kind of, these are the two words, I was thinking about it, you know, before we did this today, it's a stupid mistake. <laughs> yeah. And, a dis- and, and disappointment, it's a stupid mistake and a stupid disappointment. That is so true. And I think yeah. like, one of the things about it too that's really interesting is like how this thing came together, right? And that was something I was unfamiliar about going into this and preparing for this was looking into how did this project come to be? How did they arrive at doing this? And apparently the story is like, you know, Gus Van Zant, he makes My Own Private Idaho and out of like a hit indie movie, you know, he's meeting with studio heads, they're pitching him ideas, you know, and vice versa. And he's looking at some of the, you know, IP they have and he's noticing there's a lot of remakes that they're kind of throwing his way. And then he kind of says, probably glibly, is like, well, if you're going to do a remake, it should be shot for shot, the exact same thing. You know, that's how it should always be. And that's what his mindset was at the time. But the studio was like, uh, that doesn't make any sense. We, that doesn't compute to us at all. And then flash forward to Goodwill Hunting, he wins all the Oscars. And then all the studios just, you know, want to work with Gus like, you know, instantaneously blank check yeah it's blank blank check time blank check time but also like whatever you want gus and i'm sure he says probably again you know maybe with hubris but also just like almost maybe as a joke is kind of how i want to think it's like okay all right you want to work with me universal psycho shot for shot remake in color let's go and they're like whatever you want and so they 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 ride that train and that's how it goes and then of course i think everyone got to it and then as soon as they got to the movie and like we're money's on the line we're making it everyone's so confused where the fucking line is between what do we copy and what do we make different and 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 that's the funny thing especially which we're going to talk about a lot tonight which is the behind the scenes making of documentary which exposes that nobody has any fucking idea where the line is i'll say this i'll say this i agree there's a behind the scenes half hour special and i watched that immediately after psycho 98 as i call it and uh that was that's a more fun experience the 
behind the scenes. It's on YouTube if you want to look it up later, guys. But like uh, that, that was, I don't know if it was informative, but it fed my um, revulsion towards the film. And I don't know if you want to, you know, we could start engaging with what we've learned by watching uh, BTS, as we call it. You want to maybe just go over a few little uh, nuggets from the behind the scenes that were insightful? Totally. Okay. All right. Well, uh, the one, and we have a video for it. I've, I've mm-hmm. been told. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, okay. So uh, the uh, the editor of the film, the editor of the film, not a grip or an AD or something like that, but this person, it's a creative position in a film, right? Mm-hmm. And I was stunned. I was I was stunned by um, the uh, approach that this person was taking to this project. And but let's I think hear it, it perfectly oh. illustrates the confusion. Of of where what what are is we doing? Is that what you'd call it? <laughs> I think so. Well, at, at the beginning, I have some other you... thoughts. Okay, all right, here we go. Let's let's well, I, let's watch it and we'll talk. Okay. I mean, I can't even like begin to describe like my first day, like not really knowing what I should do, whether I should copy, you know, the way everything was edited originally. Yeah, it's a different way to edit a movie. I mean, we know that things are going to be a certain way, and I still have to go through all these bins and find the best pieces. You cut it together the way they originally had it, and then you kind of look at it and go, kind of slow. Kind of slow. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of slow. Hey, you know, Alfred, my take on Hitchcock, kind of (laughs) slow. So if... Yeah, I really that, that of course that that's it was I found it shocking because I thought just a couple of things there was a little more rare in the entire team and if you'll indulge me for just one second to counter what you're saying regarding uh, maybe some insight on, on some confusion yeah. I was seeing more um, a a lack of not a brain trust but an uh, inspired creativity like uh, she's just like what are we doing like. I don't know, like we're doing this project and like she didn't she didn't have her take. She didn't have a take on it. She wasn't creatively inspired by working with like such a powerful source source material. Um, and then and it wasn't just her. No. And then and I'll stop. But just like and then Anne Heche was this is a classic quote from this amazing behind the scenes uh, doc. Anne Heche. I never saw it. I just want to yeah. work with Gus. Yeah. You know, and it's like so and, 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 it, and I feel like that he built up this awful team because it's not just these two. It's this awful team of people who are um, not even confused. I, honestly, I'll push back on that. I really feel it was just like creative um, ambivalence and uh, uninspiration. And, and it just uh, and you see it on the screen. It's like these people are like because uh, it, it, it is sort of an interesting project. If you just take a step back and then and just no one had any great insights. And if they did have an insight, it was really misguided. And I heard a lot in the behind the scenes and I hated this was we got to update this like that was kind of a corny phrase and like it's like then then what are you doing then you are making a remake so so it was it was pushing against the purity that i think his original intention was to to say things like uh you know what people wouldn't say that now you know it's like well, uh, you know yeah so that's right uh, you're kind of setting it up to, for, to please nobody then right yes you're, exactly. you're setting up to be this reverence of like we're gonna do a shot by shot remake so who you couldn't do it any better than hitchcock but then every little deviation, like you take a mental note, like, well, that shot's not in the original. Or, you know, I know that when we were prepping this, like, uh, Evan, you were saying that you watched them, you, you were watching them side by side, right? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. uh, I was kind of like switching over, you know, between <laughs> watching scene for scene. And then you really, you know, maybe that's not the experience of like the average moviegoer in 1998, you know, to like no. uh, watch them side by side, of course. That's but, psycho. Like those, those, every time that they do deviate, it really sticks out super hard, like references yeah. to now. And I, I, yeah, so you're sort of setting it up to where you're not going to please anybody. You know, you're not going to do a, a perfect remake and you're going to exactly you know, make all these little mistakes. And it's instantly dated, you know, because if oh. you're doing 1998, then that, okay, what I'm simply saying is it, not even so much that the 98 one is dated, but that the 1961 is timeless. Right. Well, wh- one thing I just, yeah. w- one thing I want to just talk about too is that, you know, Gus Van Zant now looking back on it, you know, the way they refer to this project is a, a experiment. This was, this was uh, some sort of like a conceptual art, you know, and, right. um, and, and that was one thing that he kind of theorized at the time, which was, you know, if you remake the movie shot for shot, you know, how will that perform in the box office and whatever and, and that whole idea. To me, though, that calling it an experiment, calling it conceptual art doesn't compute for a number of reasons. Number one, 
they're not it's not a completely controlled experiment because they are right. deviating and they're making choices yes. that are so exactly. boneheaded and all the things that they decide to change it does not go back to what the original concept was right. um and also Gus Van Sant like as a director yes he's a you know he's made some great indie movies and and and, and visionary stuff but he he isn't like this kind of like bold conceptual artist provocateur you know no, where it's going to make yeah. sense you know this is no this is a like as you said a bad idea and uh you know and, and really executed <laughs> Badly it's executed. Like a bad joke that, that they didn't let go. It, of. Yes, yes. That's what I said. That's why that's I said it. It's like, word. yeah, yeah. And and so funny they, they thing took about it too far. It's like we take a joke too far. Yeah, right. <laughs> Wait, we're actually making this. Like, well, yeah. what happened? That is well. That's well, what everyone what, feels like when you're watching that behind the scenes. Oh, you know, the, yeah, the totally. Thing, yeah, and that's a good segue just into the idea of like I think that you know well first off yeah it's an experiment well this is a twenty fucking million dollar uh, yeah. experiment you know. So that's also something. The weight of that. I thought it was cheaper. No, twenty million dollar experiment. Um, from what I've read, <laughs> you know. So that's crazy. Cheaper. Sure, but yeah. I do think it is a joke taken too far. That's what my fan fiction theory on this whole thing is. And watching the behind yeah. the scenes, if I can just zero in on one other behind the scene moment, if you guys don't mind, because Vince hey, Vaughn. I'm all about the BTS. Okay. Okay. So Vince Vaughn too, like, okay. Aside from the fact that this is Alfred Hitchcock, classic, timeless, hold on, hold on, hold on, like classic, timeless Alfred Hitchcock movie, iconic scenes, you know, and, and the fact that you're redoing all that, that aside, Psycho is probably most famous because of Anthony Perkins' unbelievably subtle, incredible yeah. performance. And the and fact you know that what it he, is? Yeah. It's, it's one of the rare times that Hitchcock actually had a killer performance you know he's totally. not known for his actors like usually especially the women are just like uh kind of stick figures you know just broadly speaking but he just got a powerhouse lead role with anthony you know and and and, and, and yeah well and, and the fact that and, like you know anthony was obviously also in his you know like he, he was living a double life in real life and he really harnessed right. that and brought that into the role and so yeah. you have all of that the weight of that and then we just like get this like beer pong night at the Roxbury guy to like right. fucking inhabit this character. Vegas so, baby. Yeah. 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 It's so like, psycho it's baby. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Psycho. I know. Baby. Yeah. He's so money. I know. Like it's Holy the only shit. reason he, he, he makes, he's so wrong for the part. Like Anthony Perkins, basically like, he's care. He's charismatic, you know, and he's like sort of innocent and boyish. You know, you could imagine, Anthony Perkins sort of like halfway being boyishly charming that a woman would not feel intimidated by him, you know? Mm. Vince Vaughn is like, he's physically imposing. Like a he's a jarhead. He's very he's roofy. Like, he looks like, a, yes, he's roofy. He's like, uh, he's like, uh, he's, yeah, I mean, uh, the only reason away. it makes sense at all is because he was coming off of Swingers. Swingers, and like, yeah. was kind of a pop popular, uh, yeah. you know, uh, up and cover actor. So that, and he that works in swing. the only reason that made sense, you know, but also he does, he does work with that characters in swingers. That's, that's good casting. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, well, oh, I mean, sure. uh, this is, so, so do we want to watch some he's video? Like, well, yeah. Are we going to show a little? Yeah, I have this one thing. I, I, sorry, this is a okay. long preamble. We're, we're going to be fighting to get sure. everything in here for this. I know. This is a, one this is a clock. talk about Vince Vaughn. The fucking, yeah, one hour on fucking Vince Vaughn. All right, well, hold on, hold on. I want a piece of him. Hold him up. The only thing I want to say about Vince Vaughn is uh, my girlfriend has this theory too, fan, like Psycho 98 fan fiction is the idea that, you know, he was casted you know, like in a Mulholland Drive sort of way, you know, where it's like, okay. you know, like the creepy, you know, little person behind the glass being like, you have to cast him as this role. Oh, but That's here's great. the thing. <clears throat> here's the thing is watching the BTS. Now, I want you to pay attention to this. I'm going to fire this it up. This is the boy. This is it. Now, to me, watching this, th th this little moment. Oh, yeah, on. this. This okay. moment is he's, he's, he's in the barber. He's getting his hair cut for the role of you know Anthony Perkins, Norman Bates. And you can see in Gus's face, what are we, oh, this is the moment where he's <laughs> yes. realizing the gravity of the choices that he has made. And Vince Vaughn's like, what do you think, bro? You know? And then like. What have I done? See, what have I done? Here's the what have I done. Ready? Here we go. And... Uh, scene. First, if you want, you see how this looks, Gus? Maybe just clean up the sides here and leave a little on top. <laughs> the music. 
we go and he's just like, ball? Norman Bates, everybody. I know. And he's like, work. no, that wouldn't work. Don't shade the sides of your head. That wouldn't work. And then look, what have I done? Are you getting me yeah. at all? <laughs> or am I like the weird kid that you're, you're studying behind the glass? Oh. And then the, the Dave Matthews Band money shot. Uh, oh. Crash what into me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that, well, listen, that moment. I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, we do we do have a little bit of the acting, and uh, I mean this is this is pretty well tread upon territory. It is the number one problem that everyone cites with the film. Uh, it's lethal. It's dead center in the film, and it's uh, I think it would be it's it's a, there's I could see misgivings for just trying to cast someone mm-hmm. akin to the level of an Anthony Perkins for Norman Bates, but. Mm-hmm. So they're just casting conceptually, just generally is just like, ah, it's kind of ill-advised, right? Making the film. But then that casting just really is just like, you know, like yeah. throat slash to the film. Um, and it's not even funny. It's just, uh, it's, it, um, you're watching someone, it's more of that flailing, by the way, uh, more of that half-assed, I think is the term I'm using. When you see Vaughn, it looks like he spent like um, five minutes chewing bubble gum outside of the set and going like, I don't know, Norman Bates kind of goes like this, and it's like, hey, he kind of has a nervous <laughs> laugh. And, you know, like, nothing. Very, no yeah, inspired. effort. <laughs> exactly. He's not, like, inspired by it. Like, you know, you could see certain actors maybe going crazy with that role and trying their heart out to really figure something out. Like, I'll just give you one observation. I'm not certain, but I don't think that Anthony uh, in the character really, really smiles, truly. He has a little bit of a nervous laugh, but he doesn't really smile. But fucking Vince is constantly having these you know, ear to ear grins, like big fat grins. And I, I just, I, I'm, I might be wrong, but I doubt it. Anthony yeah. didn't really smile. You know, he He's had like doing sort of smiling lapping. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, well, well, and, uh, he's also doing sort of like a nasally voice too. He's doing like a like a nerd voice, you know, like I'm gonna talk like this a little bit. Sure. <laughs> he does like a well, like he does like it's sort of a, a fake a, a demonic laugh, right? Well, you said it, Marcus. Uh, when the the first block of doing um of uh, doing Norman Bates, he is a boy still. It's Arrested Development, and he's yes. coddled oppressively by his mother. It's a classic trope. I mean, you know, so he's so he's a large he's a boy in this weird mm-hmm. awkward man's body, and not by the way like um yeah like a beer pong uh like baseball cap turned around to the side a uh, body. <laughs> he has he's a frail bird like body. He's a he's bird like. Oh stumper. yeah, like that, that 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 suit is like two sizes you know too big for him in the in the in the hitchcock film and and also like when that and we'll move on from talking about hitchcock's movie but you know when you first see anthony perkins in the movie he immediately is so charismatic like to 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 janet lee's character it's like you yeah you want to like have dinner with this guy and eat sandwiches with this guy like he's he's someone to really you know like and then and then of course and it's so subtly when it switches and that it's so masterfully done and then in this scene which is a great segue to the scene you wanted to show uh of of vince vaughn ladies and gentlemen if you want to set that up for us oh you know i was trying to just give you guys like one tiny example of the grading performance uh like i said before um just too much uh like goof goofiness and goofy laughing and uh just his line readings are atrocious because you're seeing what you're witnessing when we watch this, it's brief, but there's a lot more, is a not very bright person, a stupid person who saw Psycho, who saw Anthony Perkins, and this is what reflects back. Like this was their, this is how they absorbed Anthony Perkins' performance, and this is what they spit out. Check it out. Okay, here we go. It's not as if she were a maniac or a raving thing. She just goes a little mad sometimes. We all go a little mad sometimes, <laughs> haven't you? Oh, no. Yes. Sometimes only one time can be enough. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Norman. Oh, Norman. Jesus, excruciating. Okay, okay, that's okay. All. You know what? You know what? That's exactly like. That is exactly like. Have you ever seen like student high school play? I know. Well, it's like there's there's exercises in film school where they get like, you know, like these kids to reenact scenes from yeah. famous movies. 
<laughs> you know, like like you'll, you'll see like a kid with like acne on his face doing Raging Bull, like you fucked my wife. You know, it's like the yeah, same thing. Right, of course, you know, <laughs> yeah, waiting for government. Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. That's what I just said too. Like high school my wife? play. Yeah. You know, yeah, it is yeah. so high school level. But then Can they I were just... like, cut, print, mark that. I know, one. twenty <laughs> million solid fucking gold. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I know, I know. Were there any other takes? Can I just say one thing, just to just, to, and then we'll get out of the this Vince Vaughn rut is um. Uh, and move on to other horrors is uh, just one thing. Uh, I was re- watching that g- really classic scene. There's sad little dinner in the parlor. And in the original, I was, just, right. I, you know, I know it's the film so well. I was being reminded watching this shit scene and, and thinking um, there's so much going on in that film, almost more than most Hitchcock's really. There's so much emotionality oh, because yeah. she's they're bonding. Totally. And it's such great acting by both of them. It's yep. such great acting because it's what's not said. You know, like they both are sort of reading between the lines and so are we where like something's they're both a little broken and something weird's going on. And we know a little bit more about her, but not much, actually. And like um, and, and they're just talking around having some pretty hard dysfunction and they're bonding yeah. over it. And it's kind of a warm scene. It's fantastic. And, and stuff. she's inspired by him to like to go back yeah. home and to give the money back. Yeah, give the money back. Trap. Yeah. She's inspired by it. It's like a gonna be a turning point, and like well, you don't get any of that from uh, Anne Hayes. She's literally like rolling her eyes oh, at some of the things he's saying, at some of his line readings. Lost. And like, I mean, not to mention that nobody, no, nobody would be in that parlor with Vince Vaughn the way he like met her initially. He's already sweaty and like and scary, and and the so nervous. No giggles. one would have ever made it back there in the first place. But because, um, like you she's said, back there, she's like, no, well, just- you know, she's. Yeah, but like it, you yeah. said, Marcus, this, this was a good point earlier to speaking to this is um, Anthony's Norman Bates uh, has a charm and he's very oh, yeah. self-effacing or he's very, um, you know, like you don't get defensive. You know, you feel um, almost like warmth towards him, you know, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. He's like a lonely little guy, you know, but that's so scene, and Vince is just this beefhead yeah. giggler. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, hold on. It's, it's, okay. it's, I, I'm trying to get you out of yeah, it. I know. Um, <laughs> Because because worse, I know, but there's <laughs> because because obviously in 1960 when Psycho came out, like you know, they, it forced them to have to put all that into subtext, which is what they did, and that's what's so great about it because it's subtle. But in the in the decisions they chose to update in this movie, they're taking the subtlety or the the subtext away. Classic example, right off the top, the uh, opening shot goes into. Um, Vigo and and he Hesh, whatever in bed and then you hear somebody fucking like next door and it's yeah, like like, like, ooh, like grunting yeah, yeah to like signify already that, to signify it's a, a squalid motel room and you know what that reminded me of and you were like bingo on this so mid 90s it was a very natural born killers aesthetic choice yeah right the worst like the really worst base yeah. like like grotesquerie but done like so so um uh, yeah. broadly with just like a ham fisted yeah it, it was awful detail yeah. can i um okay more vince vaughn because we're steamrolling through this but <laughs> n- this one is not actually about vince vaughn but i wanted to move to the the fappening yeah uh, uh, evan because yeah. um oh. this got me thinking i was just watching this again today and and here's here's the thing about when you um don't stay subtle I'm just and, and, and and it's maybe maybe it's this, uh, 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 being subtle um, as an aesthetic choice or and or it's because of the times, you know, it's kind of repressed in, in, in um, depictions in 1960 of Frankus. But I thought about this now. I'll, I'll, I'll ruin this for you guys. Or why don't you just play it underneath? Yeah. There's nothing here. talk about it. Yeah. So in the original, you know, of course, uh, Norman has her in room one so that he in, in the in the office as the little uh, peep thing. Now, Norman, of course, isn't clearly masturbating. Unlike this asshat and this fucking director, you can hear the fapping, guys. You can hear fapping. Is it happening yet? Yep, it's fapping. But my whole point is the fapping happening. (laughs) So here's the thing. So here's here's what I'm saying. This is my point. Forget Vince Vaughn. Fuck him. We've, We've litigated that. But here's what I'm saying. We don't know the true sexuality of Norman Bates, and it's awful. Exactly. Like, no, but like, listen to me. Like, so we don't know Norman's sexuals, whatever, right? Now, mm-hmm. in the original, I could see him not masturbating. I could see him having a teddy bear between his legs. Do you know what I'm saying, guys? You know what I'm going with this? I could totally. see him, I could see him like uh, fondling his mom's pantyhose. 
and maybe he's so arrested sexually that he isn't like like putting you know uh, you know meat you know kind of thing like he's a you know child he's never even gone there you know, yeah, or, like, you or know just, he would have slapped his own hand or something yes before. or just or just what i'm saying is instead of just being so base and so one-to-one like oh see naked girl jerk off like you know and i'm not ta- I'm, I'm saying that's in the mind of the writer and director this fucking yeah. shit <laughs> it's like right, right. Uh, not, not no it's like it's like is that the one for one is that the deduction that you make where this very troubled person wants to see a nude woman and it's like for pure Base sexual gratification. Very nineties. Very nineties. Right? Isn't that a yeah. horrible yeah. fucking yeah, I know. flaw? It's, well, you know, it's funny when I was. Uh, I remember that scene. It's one of the ones that stuck out to me from seeing it back in the day. But when I was rewatching it for this, I realized that that's the most important change in the film because it's actually a metaphor for the whole filmmaking process. Because it's just he's literally <laughs> just jerking off onto this onto the old movie. You know, totally. Like, there's no other spin to it. That's all it means. That's all it yeah, is. Yeah, that's a know? good point. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, well the, 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 I guess. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say that the, the other thing, too, is it's like going back to it being this, you know, uh, conceptual art, which I keep going back to. If you research this, you'll see articles of I've people defending that. it. You'll see know, Gus talking about it being conceptual art. It's a art. museum piece. It's a museum piece, you know, and yeah, this whole right. thing. And, and it's just like, you know, what really w- could have been interesting is really like if you're gonna remake this, maybe maybe subverting it, you know, in like a different way, you know, or or you know, making commentary on the f- cinematic iconography of, you know, maybe like you know, my own private Idaho is taking Shakespeare. It's, it's like making a gay Shakespeare right. film. Maybe there is a way right. to right. In, in interject something yeah. similar to subvert a Hitchcock yeah. movie, an interpretation, an, an interpretation yeah. rather than just like okay, let's like just do some of the shots the same and then inject some new metal shit, which we should get to. And Oh, we and, will. That's the know, last half hour. Well, <laughs> here's, here's a good, here's a good, here's a good preamble to the new metal thing. Cause this took me by fucking surprise. So I'm watching this the other night. She pulls up to the, to the used car or the car dealership. And immediately you hear living dead girl from Rob zombie. <laughs> and I'm Jesus. just thinking like, why so mighty? Oh, I know. You know like, a more natural born killer's aesthetic. I know. Yeah. Living dead girl. And that was just like, wow. It just, it blew my mind. That, because like, that's what Hitchcock like, needed. Hitchcock, yeah. he, like, if he were, if he made the movie in the 90s, he's like, get me Rob Zombie. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, like that's, that's like right on Hitchcock's wavelength. Yeah. That's like, yeah. Only where he's coming from, anyway. Yeah, like Hitchcock's dog. Was like, his favorite band was Rob Zombie. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah, the music stuff. Yeah, there's there's a point where she's like listening to the sister is listening to headphones. Well, no, the, I was sorry. Well, I was, there's a point where they're going to call the sister and they're like to find out where Marion went in right. the remake. Right. And they're like, I called down to the hardcore record store, the hardcore yeah. vinyl store where she worked. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. She's oh. a tough chick. I was like, that's the part I definitely ran back to be like, now what did they say in the original? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't yeah. hardcore. Yeah. So, no? and yeah, it's, it's so weird. Like the musical store, musical right. records. Going back to what I was saying about the confusion, I know you were battling me on that a little bit. Like one thing I picked up from the BTS was... <clears throat> Maybe it's both. Like, I don't know. No, like honestly, I think... The, the costume design, you know, like, do the costume designers, like, because they're making a choice of, like, but we're making this retro, you know, costumes, which everybody's in, but even though the movie's in 98, because you have living dead girl, you know, so it's really weird, but then also you have fucking Christopher Doyle shooting this movie, right? Like, super hot uh, DP at the time, you know, Wong Kar Wai shit, you know, talented guy. In in the fucking BTS, he's like, well, yeah, Gus wants to do the shot by shot thing, but you know, I'm kind of edging my way in there to like change up the shots a little bit to do something yeah, right. a little different. So he's fighting Gus. You know, people are just don't know where that line is. That's what I'm it's sort a of bad saying. team. Well, that's what I was saying. And well, you know, the fish rots at the head. I mean, this is all Gus's fault. He's the leader of this this awful project. So, you know, I, I, I'm not even pushing back. I was just like, um, I felt more it was worse than confusion because that implies that like, oh, I have a good idea here and a bad idea there. Or, something, or like, I'm not sure where to go. I don't think so many people didn't bring anything to the table at all. And that is his fault because he created the team. And as Francis Coppola, Marcus always says is um, you live and die by who you hire, you know, and I think that is a big part of what happened here. If if I might, speaking to the aesthetics and talking about wardrobe, I'm trying to keep an eye on the clock here, but just like, um, yeah. okay, I think the most 
to me, one of the big signifiers of this whole film, uh, uh, you know, um, as we're talking here about sort of uh, big significant chunks of where it's failing, like the jack-off scene, is um, the shower curtain itself, okay? Um, are you still there, Evan? Okay. Yep, I'm here. Sorry, we froze a little bit. So, so, so um, okay, so shower, uh, shower curtain, shower scene, biggest moment, shower curtain. In the original, uh, this is a thread, I'm pulling the thread on this one, on the shower curtain. And in the BTS, they get into the shower curtain. So you have a shower curtain in the film. I'm sure that the only thing Hitchcock considered was, is it somewhat, you know, transparent, but still, right. you know, diffused. Mm -hmm. And then who cares? But they spent a lot of time to get like, ooh, funky thrift store, cool pattern. That's not 1960, but it's like 1971 or something like that. Right. And, and and they spent time on it and, it and it makes it like a cool, and they get excited like, oh, it made like a prismy kind of cool pattern. You know, it's not just this drab thing. So, sorry, here's my last little thought on this. Um, the aesthetics, mm. there, there's another example of this that really kills me. In the original, when the uh, dead mother is spun around and you see her, uh, you know, her, her mummified body, the background is this really drab like brick wall you yeah. know of um a basement yeah and it's just drab and it's got that harsh light on it yeah as opposed to in the new one behind uh, mummified mom is um this wild flurly there's like living birds that are ready to be you know caged it's all lit really cool it's the silence of the lambs thing you know they're yeah. totally like the and, and like nine inch nails and nine inch yeah. nails video you know so what i'm saying is what i'm really getting at is it doesn't matter what the aesthetic type is it has an aesthetic type whereas there's this incredible flatness so often to psycho that made it really resonant with people you know to all of us and it has that kind of old 1960s true detective still shot of um like a murder scene black yeah. and white oh, and yeah. harsh and flat and it's throughout the whole film and um and so uh so you guys know where i'm going with this it's like um well just uh, here's a little background back to the original film is you know hitchcock actually was quite colorful was quite aesthetically um you know, a flourish, you know, with flourishes and like um, grandiosity, you know, the, um, you know, like North by Northwest. It's very pretty. Yeah, there's a lot of consideration down. colors. Yeah. Right. So what's really interesting about Psycho and just to, let, you know, hit people to this, if, if they're not familiar, he was doing the TV show. It was a cheap crew that he worked with. It was black and white. It was television. He took that cheap black and white television crew of kind of, you know, like just working cool. class kind of you know, guys, and it was cheap. Psycho was very cheaply made. And again, he the last one was North by Northwest, I think, which is a huge film all over like the country. And stuff. Yeah, right. right. So what I'm saying is um, he made a, an aesthetic choice. He said a movie like Psycho, I don't know exactly what it was, but like he wound up making Psycho with all these choices. And to the point, what I'm saying is um, Psycho could have easily been color, the original. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, he said, right. no, it should be a black and white thing. And I think it relates to how he would see like maybe the Ed Gein, uh, you know, the, or Ed Gein, that Ed Gein. Uh, murderer in the, Ed Gein, a, a murder in the Midwest. And what you would, where you would see that kind of story isn't like uh, Police Gazette, True Detective. It'd be these harsh black and white photos of like horrible, shitty rooms and brick walls with like a bulb. Not like I love that. wild, like the shadows of birds, you know, floating around with multicolored lights. Mike, it's just, it's different, sure, but it's not, it's, it's, it's missing the intention, the intention of what, yeah. Yeah. And the yeah, flatness, Psycho's very flat, the original, you know? Yeah. And that's just busted. They just bust, right. especially with all those goofy garish costumes that are not even from 1960 really so much. Like, and yeah, also, so weird, like, like, 60s, like kind of, yeah, I know it's only totally said, oh, by the way, no, Norman Bates is not dressed like a normie Norman Bates nerd guy, you know, or just like a flat, like off the rack generic clothing guy, like the original. No, he is like these, like, like shirts with collars and like patterns. Yeah, it's bad. What? Like he's getting dressed by his girlfriend and they go to like, you know, Aardvark or whatever the store's yeah. called. Holy right. shit. What, oh, thing, like the, the, the original's got the most, the production design that sticks out the most in the original is the house, obviously, right? It's this iconic yeah. house. Let's change the and house. The weird thing watching that behind the scenes is they're like, let's change the house. Yep. For some reason, and they actually built a facade right in, in front, front of the old of the house. Original? It's like, yeah. ah, that's another crazy me yeah, what is visual that? metaphor for this movie. Like, I know. we're going to cover up the old psycho with this kind of like, oh. man, whatever, old house. So <laughs> weird. Um, speaking of shower scene, because we, we just touched on it, um, 
we should definitely talk about it. I mean, I know we maybe wanted to avoid it, but I think we should talk about it because Let's again, go there. going to one of the things that they decided to change, you know, um, is you know, yeah, they're 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 taking a lot of the same shots, but they're also adding some new stuff in there, which we're gonna see. Can I go? <clears throat> which, well, well, go ahead. Well, there's the new visuals, but I noticed today that um, well, well, let's get to it. The eye. There was some. There was some dodgy aesthetic. Yeah. Uh, decisions. They, they hope the editing is different too. Just like the holds. Like when he first comes in, they hold on him a lot. They hold on it a long time. I know. Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah. and it's, and it really just like, uh, I don't know, not advisable. Like, just right at the, <laughs> yeah, it, like, is that really the moment like, that see, you like? Let's, let's really see that shark. That you Here's fix, the, yeah, that you really fix <laughs> on the, the, the killer. Here's once. the shower curtain. Yeah, the shower curtain you noticed there, what we were talking about. Yeah, so, right. So the shower Spencer's curtain. Spencer's shower curtain. Ca- shower curtain. Totally. <laughs> or, uh, yeah. Spencer's gifts. <laughs> yeah, and then. Also, um, for some reason. Also, for some reason, Mother's a blonde now. I don't know. Let's just change it, man. Right. Fuck it, man. 1998? Psycho 98? It's 1998, bro. Kind of slow. Yeah, there's that, look at that. That's like, a, that's like three holds. Oh, that's yeah. slow-mo. That slow-mo push into is no sure bueno. <laughs> no, but guys, uh, viewers, uh, this is the moment that we're... This is the moment where God dies. When they cut away <laughs> to this... You see that? Look, the, the, the sky... Like a cloudy story, uh, Douglas Trumbull. Yeah, all right. They cut away to like a, a fast frame of um, a storm gathering sky. Why? All right. Oh, so why? can I just say this in the original, again, is one of my favorite moments ever. And it's chilling. And it's so weird uh, when the music dies out and it's just silence. It's almost like Stanley Kubrick, like 2001 or something. You know? Uh, not so totally. much here. And they added blood to the back. That's stupid on the wall. Yeah, and um, and, and and also this, they're also this like end shot is so gratuitous too. Just like this. Oh, like, this shot is like, oh my yeah, god! Like I, that's her just, ass is just hanging out. It's just like, yeah, like oh. a butthole. But they're also you know? like, we really are. We yeah. really are. But no, but also, this is the, the this is the Kubricky. I mean, uh, not even like trying to. I'm not even saying Kubrick and then Hitchcock. I know. I'm, I'm just, just trying saying to like, say that it has like, pow- so much power in the original because he chose silence, which is weird. And then Hitchcock in the original, unlike this, uh, this stupid, um, like a turntable spinning 360, that does not happen. It's not happening in the original Psycho. There's an, there's an implied rotation. That, that, There's um, a slight rotation. Right? A slight, a slight rotation. Yeah. But this one, it's a fucking spin cycle of the laundromat on her eye. It's outrageously yeah. stupid. Better. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and, right. and it also, kills like, me. I get emotional. Sorry. Okay, I know. They say it's bad words. Yeah. Gets yeah. me closer to God. But also, yeah, exactly. The, the, the whole it thing is, is it's, um, it's, <laughs> switching between them is such is so painful. Like it just really yeah. got to be like hurt my heart like uh, aggravating and and literally painful this to go back and watch to watch the remake after watching the maybe uh, i do hate this it's rough oh no it's it's bad it's an insult i think it's an an insult insult to everyone who gets psycho what am i trying to say it's like hey like what movie did you guys see because i saw this great film psycho and it's like what do you it's almost like they thought and again, it's it's like you were saying right at the top, Evan. It's like there's this constant drift of the pur- of purpose. You know, purpose. it's like um, like like hey, this is let's hang our hats and, tr- and and have fun with like the first slasher movie. You know what I'm saying? Oh. It's it's it could be so the hubris. Based, like it's the hubris. Yeah. The hubris well, is well, what kills me. Well, there's that. Yeah. Oh, I was, well, there's that is runs right through it the whole time. No, and Absolutely. not just the hubris to do it, but then all these awful Nine Inch Nails video choices. I know, I'm fighting. I have one more, one well, more subtle thing. When the oh, eye is spinning. Let's talk about the shower. I've been trying to talk about is... the shower. <clears throat> the one thing I just want to say about the shower, we're going to fight you to get, to get, the, to get it in here. Uh, it's a rough one, one hour, man. But I'm just saying, the, the BTS about the shower is, when the, if you watch the BTS about the shower scene, they also are being fucking dickwads about the original movie because they're like, yeah, no chocolate syrup here. We're not using yeah. chocolate syrup. And that's just another part of just like the attitude going into this movie is the lack of the respect for the original. All the crew members, you or know, understanding and also understanding syrup. Yeah. Yeah. Get it, get it right. No, yeah. sorry. 
just really irritating detail, sorry, uh, is they add echo to the rushing uh, sound of the shower when the eye is spinning, spin cycle. Yeah, of course, uh, Just more. little, little yeah. shit like that. No, because it makes a huge difference. Guys, what I'm saying, and you guys can appreciate this, especially Marcus, details matter. And when you watch someone who's so talented as Hitchcock, he is making a choice every time. A motherfucker like that is always making the right choice. You don't add echo to the water. You just make it flat. There's a lot of flat in Psycho. I just wanted to reiterate that. Whereas this one has a lot of flourishy, goofy, like S, like special effects and, and like bit bops and zip zops. And it's just so, it's just, it's weird to apply that to a film that is so stridently and clearly flat. Ending my story. Okay. And last thing on the shower scene, we can close the book on that because we do have to do that, is 2021 interview with your uh, with your homegirl here. Kind of slow. A surprise. A surprise. Kind of slow. No, no, no. I just want to re- reference uh, Amy, Amy Duddleson did an interview on YouTube that I found oh, <clears> where she... Yeah. Yeah, you got to I'm going to I'm going to send it to you or I'll post it in the description. So, you know, she talks about it. Just sorry, just I, I need to do <laughs> kind of slow, kind of slow. All right. Um, but anyway, she talks about <laughs> <laughs> she talks about in the in the interview she did about someone asks her about Psycho. Okay. And she talks uh-huh. about the shower scene <clears throat> and she talks about how she had the original Psycho film in her avid that she's going back and forth. That in itself is fucking mental and she's going yeah. the original psycho going back to theirs and back to the original in the avid and so they recut the shower scene exactly the same as it was in the hitchcock movie but then her and gus look at each other and they're like it's not as intense it doesn't have the same impact kind of slow it's kind of slow so it's <laughs> so, whose fault is so, that i wonder i know but so anyway so then yeah. they just kind of look at each other and they just have you know this like attitude like they have like throughout the whole process of making oh, this movie let's God. just like you know add some stuff you know and then so what they so now they're fucking with god here and um right right apparently there was like right. a promo reel that was cut for it like for some market and it, that's what those stock images came from let's just put Ooh. some of the stock foot it's stock footage let's put some stock footage oh, of in course it, it like, is yeah you know right. and and it's just like the fact that it's just like well fuck it you know just goes to show you that again you said hitchcock making all the right decisions good filmmaking yeah. is in the details and making the right decisions that's exactly. what makes it, and then it all adds up it all and you know up. where you know where like you know why like uh, hitchcock is the shower scene works because of every goddamn frame and minute before it Yes. You know what I'm saying? I mean, of course, initially, I'm not even talking about the people who first saw it and weren't expecting it, you know, but just yeah. like it all, it all relates. It all relates. And you, and you're not spinning a web guy successfully by the midpoint when um, your shower scene happens. That's part of the problem why it's not being as impactful. And Anne right. Hache doesn't work. Side note, Anne Hache, oh, it's like, um, she's kind of like tank girl. She's like too quirky. <laughs> even Gus, it's like tank girl and psycho. It's like Gus even uses the word quirky which I thought is not an interesting choice because, uh, you know, he's, too. <laughs> yeah, I know, no, like no, kind no. of bubblehead. It's just a terrible kind of character to add to it because we all know that there's these kind of um, the weird blondes of Hitchcock films. And the thing is, and the sister and um, the lead woman, uh, you know, who's killed, uh, you know, they're, they're sort of, um, they're not real people in a way. They are kind of like odd stick figure people. Uh, like the covers of like Pulp Fiction, you know, paperbacks. Um, yeah. And, and what I mean by that is so, so it's sort of like uh, we are watching sort of an art. We are, that's a real art piece, Psycho. You know, having this sort of uh, strange version of reality is what I'm saying. Kind of a dream world. It's, and you know who picked up on that and did that well? David Lynch. Anyway. Totally. So, um, yeah, right? But what mm-hmm. we get here is like um, gum chewing, like short haired, like pixie, like, um, hey man, let's do this and let's go this away or that away. And it's like, it's just tonally uh, subtracting from everything, you know? Tension, mm-hmm. character development, uh, creepiness, dream world. Like, she was an iconic blonde woman floating around in the first cycle, the kind of ways that. That Lynch would have sort of these iconic women sort of floating in these worlds that aren't quite real that are sort of like, are they a movie I watched when I was a kid? But she's just like, Anne Hayes is just shockingly like getting coffee, you know, in Silver Lake. You know, <laughs> she's not ethereal. No, no. Rant. 
Yeah, end yeah. of rant. She, and, yeah. Go I ahead, gotta start go saying that. Yeah. Oh no, she's a big problem with the film. Like, uh, <laughs> I thought, like it's it's weird that she's, you know, back and that at the time she was like kind of a media figure. You know, it was just sort of they un- both treated, were treated Vince unfairly in the. Yeah. She was yeah. treated really unfairly by the press, and like she was kind of like this controversial person just because she was dating Ellen, right? That was like her big thing, and then right. they split up. But she was more sort of known for her. <laughs> public persona than it was for acting like this is almost like one of her biggest films right i mean like yeah. she was a soap star before but i mean i don't really i don't follow her career that much but i think this is one of her most well-known roles it right? is i mean otherwise she would do like danny brasco and was very unconvincing as a working right. class wife for instance in the right. back again to the bts you know the, the best thing going um there's a great watch scene. it everyone yeah watch it i'm gonna put it in the comments or in the description but the um, another great moment from the BTS is 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 when Anne Heche is uh, she's oh. like I I've never seen it I've never seen Psycho and then you know later on in the BTS it's it's her uh, presumably watching the shower scene for one of the first times probably she's ever seen it on set and she's trying to like figure out exactly like how Janet Lee did it while she's like holding a Diet Coke and it's just that yeah. moment yeah. of like cool. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, <laughs> nailed it. Ambivalence. It's so half-assed. It's yeah. so half-assed. Cool. Right. I got it. Cool. And then, um, yeah, good. She just kind of makes it boring up until Vince Vaughn yeah. comes in, and then he really tanks the movie. But up to that point, you're just like, oh, this is just kind of boring and dull and not that good. But then Vince comes, and it's like this whole nother level of like, wow, just like yeah. completely torpedo the movie. It's a howler. Yeah. yeah. So did anybody? This is what I question. I had when I was watching it again. Did anybody say before they went into production, you know, this isn't a great idea? And I, I and of course there was one. Any guesses to who it was? Oh, part of the you team mean in the production. In the production, the it was team. like, you know, I don't know about this. Vince. I don't, I- no. <laughs> no, no, he was like all in, man. He was all in. He was ready to go. Yeah, uh, no, Danny Elfman. <laughs> Danny Elfman. Oh, okay, the right. composer. Yeah. So, so right. Danny Elfman. This was revealed on the Mark Marin podcast uh, that Gus did Ooh. recently. Um, oh, you did a lot of research, man. I did. I did. He Damn. said, um, "I was talking to Danny Elfman, who I wanted to do the score because he was so good at Bernard Horman, Bernard Herman, <laughs> Horman, Bernard Herman style scores." <laughs> <laughs> he said, you know, they'll kill you if you make this. Uh, and I said, who will kill me? See, doesn't, doesn't understand. He says, everyone, yeah. the critics, everyone that loves Psycho will kill you. <laughs> and then I thought, it doesn't matter if they kill me. And then, he, and then Gus says on the podcast, and then later, when I got killed, it hurt. Kind of right. slow. Well, it did hurt him. Yeah, it hurt him. Well, but it's an experiment, Gus. I mean, yeah. so what? He, he, no. he kind of got returned to the indie underground afterwards, right? I mean, like, doesn't yeah. sort of return him to, like, making smaller... Jerry yeah, and like, things like that. Independent pictures. Yeah, an elephant. Yeah. yeah, Elephant and Jerry. He didn't, yeah. later. he didn't start doing, like, you know, more remakes. You know, it's funny. I thought that this was going... I remember, I remember distinctly in the 90s when I saw it, thinking, like, you know, just like, like when it was in the air, when it was bombing. I think I probably caught it uh, when I worked at the video store. But um, I remember thinking, like, all right, this is now they're not going to do any more remakes, like because this one was so bad, it's such a horrible experiment. That's it. This is going to be the end of yeah. remakes. Well, there's that, so we got that to look forward to at least. Well, so, no, uh, and, and and no, and that's that's part of the thing that like defenders of this movie talk about is they say that well, even in like Ebert's review of it, I think he mentioned something about like how it's the this experiment, so it shows that how great the original is and everything. No, it did the acts opposite, inspired people to be like, that's not how you do a remake. Let me show you how to fucking do yeah. a remake, and then right. it just you know, and it's like, no, and then yeah. here we go, you know, and then we just yeah. go ham on this thing, obviously to where things are now, but you know, it's it's. I think there is a way to remake Psycho, and maybe it won't be nearly as good as the original, but I think there is probably a way. Go back to the source material, you know. Yeah, there, or there is a script, you know, like or just a novel. Forget the film. Just yeah, what's yeah, the script? <laughs> or just like book, go, even. yeah, yeah, the book or whatever. Just like go back. It's like this idea, or if you're going to do some art piece, like I said, or subvert it in some way. So you know, and and not just you know add the Rob Zombie and the Nine Inch Nails shit to it, which is. You know, insane. And speaking of which, we have one more clip we should get in before the timer runs out. Uh, one more gratuitous 
dig at the um you take me closer to God. Like, there's a nice, there's a the best, the best Nine Inch Nails moment. Lay it on there's a guys. soundtrack album for this. There is. I, I, I don't oh, yeah. know because it's, no, it's I want it. No, well, it's just a soundtrack pro- album for this version of the probably just Danny's take. No, on no, no, no. It's Rob Zombie and and like uh, no stop uh, Talking Heads. No, I'm serious. Like it's psycho oh, killer. psycho killer. Yeah. All right. Well, here we go. So okay. here's another. This is a big famous scene. They're the, the big murder. Uh, Arbogast, the detective. And um, but it is so weird that like yeah, this is the same shot. Hit- the same shot. This as is what, But you know what this scene needed? What? No! Stripper <laughs> with a mask and a cow in the rain. This is way more exciting too. The fall. That fall and that. And then also the slice, slice, which is weird, man. It's like you know, oh, it's no, the nineties, you... man. Oh my the god, the cow, the cow though is probably what made it's, it for me. Yeah, so that is random. so. No, it's so like <laughs> Alice in Chains video. Like it's the equivalent. Yeah. It's like you get a cow alone in the rain, or you get an old man janitor in a corner. A cow mopping. alone in the rain. You know, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, right. It's it's, it's that kind house. of. It's that bank of imagery of like a slow motion old janitor mopping and then like a cow in the rain. And then, of course, but then Nine Inch Nails, you get the stripper uh, like from a 1920s postcard with a mask. Yeah, what? What the F? Anyway. And it's so weird yeah, it's- that it's like, again, another BTS moment. It, they talk about the making of that scene and, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, w- William Macy's watching it and he's like, look, watching it, the original. And he's like, that looks weird. Yeah. And they're like, no, it's surreal, man. That's like cool. That's what was cool about it. You know, and then it's like, it's, it's, it's just, it's so weird what they decided to update or change was just so arbitrary. And, oh, yeah. and that's well, you the know part what- of it that is... Yeah, you know what you're cares. making me think of? No, tell you. You know what you're making me think of actually is I was I've been saying you know the fish rots at the head and the leader is uh, you know is the bad news and it all trickles down and he picked a bad team. I'm starting to think. I'm starting oh. to think that they had no guidance at all. They didn't have Zero. bad guidance. They had. They were just. He was probably like you know hanging out and uh, drinking with his friends and while these guys were all trying to figure out hanging and out sweat Bruce. out this film, huh? Yeah, he's hanging out with Bruce LeBruce, you know. Or, 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 or you know, like movie stars, because he was, you know, king fucking shit for a minute after, right. you know, um, uh, you know, the big movie, Goodwill Hunting. No, you know, that I, I, I think that's it. It's, it's even worse. It's just he's not even guiding this thing at all. They're just like left to their own devices. The editor's like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, what I mean? so you're right. Sorry, it's, it's everything. It's, conf- it's, you know what it is? It's the confusion. Thank you. Of untalented. No, listen, I've got the, it's, 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 I've got the ultimate thing. It's the confusion of untalented people. Yeah. That's yeah. horrifying. Yeah, so, it know? is. Nobody knew that what they like, were doing. That sounds like in architecture, that's when buildings collapse or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like a prescription for disaster. <laughs> untalented no. people in, left to their own devices. With $20 million. In, in the film's defense... I can say that, like, you know, there's a whole reverence for the original. How could you do that? Why would you attempt to do that? You know, why, you know, that's a masterpiece. But there was Psycho 2 in 1983. So someone had already decided to shit on the legacy. Starring Anthony Burton. Yeah, right. It was, yeah, he did it too. So, no, Marcus, I think there's like, in defense of the film, there's like four of them in the, in the yeah, 80s there's four. or something. Yeah, that's yeah. true. There's like, like Psycho yeah. 4 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, actually, that leads me. Uh, where, where's the clock right now? Sorry. Seven minutes. What is, okay. Well, here's the thing. Um, I don't know if we're kind of, you know, rounding the turn here towards uh, wrapping it up, but um, mm-hmm. why don't I throw out this question? We had okay. deliverance last time, our episode one, mm. and we asked, a, we asked a generic question of the three of us mm-hmm. and said, um, is there anything you find fault with in deliverance? And maybe we, you know, being stumped by the question, like in real time, we were all like, eh, not really, like nothing. It's maybe kind of a perfect film. Marcus, right on cue, classic <laughs> Marcus, dead pixel Danny there. He was like, well, there is a little kind of weird thing, like it, like there's a transition shot. Or it had something. a problem, yeah. yeah. Yeah, anyway. So, but it was like, you know, like 0.1% of an otherwise nearly flawless film. So sort of ironically, our second episode here of, one fucking hour. Um, yep. We are in a we are in a situation where this is almost zen. Ask the same question, yeah, but uh, reverse it 
and you almost have perfect symmetry. And the question then is, obviously, Psycho 98, Psycho is there 98. one thing right with it? It's kind of slow. No, uh, I, I, uh, I, I do you have can back a few up. things. I, I, I have a, well, okay. I, I have a few things. They're small. They're small. Uh, Evan like Psycho. <laughs> Evan like Psycho. <laughs> I have, yeah. Spoiler alert. I actually really liked it. Um, right. I have. I have a. <laughs> I have. I have a couple little tiny little tiny did. things. Uh, right, number one, good. out of out of all the shitty performances that are that are that are that are a cancer oh, to this project. Um, uh, well, We're maybe I don't know. We're all going to say the same one. We're all doing the same one. Does that sound like? Oh, we're uh, all doing it. For sure. I, we're all doing it. <laughs> I, all right. I, what is it? With Blobbert Morster? Uh, oh, no, hold on. Go ahead. No, I have that one too, but I, I have I have Bill Macy. Um, I didn't I didn't mind, which I think is saying a lot for the movie. Everybody else is trying something different and it's off. I mean, he's in clothes that he shouldn't be let's let's face it he shouldn't be in you know 1940s gumshoe clothes but the right. performance that he's delivering is 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 right on the money it doesn't have to be anything more and he's doing it he's good he's it's good you know i mean it's it's barely good but it's good um the other little small thing i was going to say is uh james remar who shows up just rehashing yeah. the cop who, who 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 sees uh you know the janet lee character at the side of the road he basically mirrors That's the Dexter's exact dad same. right yeah, uh, I think right. so, but James Remar, awesome yeah. actor anyway. But I, no, I, that's Samantha's boyfriend in Sex and the City, Marcus. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> no, but he's he's James. He's from the Warriors. He's awesome, and and he does yeah, just a great. He gets and, tied to the bench in the Warriors. Yeah, yeah, and and even in, right, in, in right. and and then even in the BTS, they talk about how he just went in, studied the original, and copied the original well, exactly. He got it, Evan. He got he's it, Evan. Right. He plays a cop a lot. Yeah, he's good at that. No, but Evan, <laughs> you, you nailed that, and I was going to bring that up. That um, he is this is this rare bright shining light where yes. someone was engaged, and he was like he was chomping at the bit to do this very small role, and he kills it because he's not untalented and confused like this whole other bunch of bozos. He actually cares about psycho maybe yes. trying a new psycho and really giving everything and taking it seriously and taking some minute taking a minute and the person with talent can actually work something out and he is good yes you know he he gets so, the conceptual idea behind redoing it shot for shot if they would have done exactly. it a hundred percent shot for shot and not deviated a single fucking thing that would have been the experiment everything would be fine that right, would have been the fucking yeah. experiment and, that, yeah, and he was the only scenes, one that fucking did it something yeah, and the behind the scenes, it says that he like he was really game to do that, and they're kind of right. like, oh, okay. They're like, oh, this guy's like, weird. Uh, idea, you don't have dude. to. Yeah. You don't have yeah. to do that. Uh, Check out this weird guy who gives a shit about this movie. <laughs> like, <you know>? Weirdo. <laughs> and, then, and then, sorry, three minutes. Last thing I'm going to say, which I think you're going to talk about, is the Robert Forrester thing at the end. Now, flip side here, if we were doing 1960 Psycho one fucking hour... I would probably, if you ask me what's the Whoa. one thing that's not good about the original Psycho, if there is something, I think everybody would maybe would agree that the coda about, you know, the, the what's, you yeah. know, he's a transvestite, everything the that's going part. on, is that that's yeah. the worst part. And th the way they handled it in this is still kind of wrong and weird, but it's better in terms of the way they handled it. So if I'm really trying to like split hairs and try and find what's good about this movie, it's probably yeah. how they handled that. Robert Forrester is fucking great. And I love the fact that he got sent the script and he's reading the script and he's like, they sent me the original script. They didn't send me the, the new script. So even he was confused. So, but wow. he does a good, you know, Robert Forrester job. And yeah. anyway, anybody else? He, quick, he's really minutes. good at reading like dry exposition. You know, yeah, so good. Like, the best. Like, if you if you've got some dry exposition in a film, you need to get Robert Forrester. Well, you could have. Well, he's dead now. Well, yeah. yes, so Marcus, do you have one? Well, I did. Uh, I, Robert Forrester was my moment. I, I also yeah, Evan stole I'm both just, of ours. I'm just talking, Sorry. looking for things that are like re <laughs> reaching to enjoy things. And I did, even though most of the casting is just the main casting is god awful. There's like those moments where. Uh, yeah, I forget his name right. Dexter's dad shows James up. Robert Forrester. James Remar. Er 
Even Vigo, he's not bad. He's not terrible in it. No, you know, um, no, no, no. Uh, and uh, no, you like Flea, then, right? <laughs> we didn't talk about oh, Flea. Flea. Yeah. Oh God. No, you, oh, that's Flea your favorite thing. This. You were like Flea's in Psycho. That's where Hitchcock screwed up. Just yeah. when you're getting invested in it, they're gonna stick a red hot Suck chili my pepper kids. in there. Oh, yeah, I know exactly. What you got to do? Scene. It got to remake Sock on it. His dick. Ugh. Yeah. After the shower scene, it's like we need the old flea palate cleanser. Um, and I did notice Betty Draper's dad is in it too for a brief moment. Oh yeah, like oh, yeah, Betty Draper's that's right. dad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So what did this movie well, need? It needed fapping and it needed flea. Okay. Um, yeah, and they yeah. did it. Uh, uh, mission <laughs> yeah. accomplished. I have one. God, we're running out of time. Well, my thing, you guys, you know, took care of what I was talking about. I, I was coming up short with everything. Um, mine is a little more abstract. It was a nice experience. It's a nice film to to experience people who were hot in the last couple of years of the '90s because they're all kind of together. Three people from Boogie Nights, mm-hmm. and of course Vince. And it's like a snapshot of like um, the cover of like Entertainment Weekly, totally. 1998. That's, That's all. It's sort of a weird nostalgia thing of just like the hot Wait. people of uh, that time. We have 20 right. seconds left. Like I just want to get. Of course, she's gonna pop up. Oh, oh! I just <laughs> right, want to get exactly. this in. I want to get it in just one more time before we we all say goodbye. Or we're executed. <laughs> yeah. This oh, is like God. Squid Game, right? Oh, we die after. Okay. Ah, shit. Oh well. Uh, it didn't. It didn't work. I was gonna do one more, kind of slow, but I guess we're out of time. Oh, well. It's all yeah. good. Peace. <laughs> See you next time. Okay, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here for uh, one fucking hour on Psycho. We will see you next time. And, stay tuned. Um, stay tuned, and uh, see you later. Motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef. <laughs> Kind of slow. Kind of slow.